Section 6 of The Bubonic Plague. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Colleen McMahon. The Bubonic Plague by A. Mitra. Section 6. Incubation, Symptoms, Varieties. Incubation. Or how long does it take for the poison to develop symptoms after infection? Generally, three to six days, but the period may be up to ten days. The period varies with the virulence of the poison. The germs, however, remain active outside a host for a long time. An instance has been reported in which a man, after handling some ropes, which twenty years previously had been used in the burial of plague corpses, took the disease and died of it. Symptoms the usual premonitory symptoms are headache, loss of appetite, a feeling of general depression and aching of limbs. These symptoms may either be mild or may appear at once in very aggravated form, violent headache being usually of an acute dull character, accompanied by throbbing in the temples, giddiness, sleeplessness, palpitation, a feeling of oppression of the chest, even mental delusion may appear on the first day. The look of the patient is anxious, pale, and cyanosed. The expression of the face resembles that of a man who has had no sleep for two or three nights, but is being overpowered with the fatigue consequent to it. These symptoms are usually ushered in with a rise in the temperature. Well-marked rigor is usually not seen, but a slight shiver or chillness is complained of. Pulse is full, bounding, and rapid, one-thirty or more per minute. Respiration is difficult and accelerated even to forty or fifty per minute. Skin is dry and hot, face puffed conjunctive congested. Sense of hearing is dull. Speech is thick and faltering. Tongue is dry and coated with grayish-white or dark-brown heavy fur. Violent thirst is present. Sometimes patchier appear on the skin. In a few hours or a few days after the appearance of the first symptoms, a swollen gland appears either in the neck or axilla or groin. The gland most commonly affected is one or some of the femoral chain. An inguinal, axillary, or cervical gland may also be affected. A number of glands may swell at one time, or glands in all of the above situations may be felt painful and swollen. The glands of the neck are most frequently attacked in children. Pains in the lower part of the abdomen and along the spine indicate affection of internal lymphatic glands. In some cases, the first symptom noticed is a swollen and painful gland, but fever soon manifests itself. The glandular enlargement may antedate, coincide with, or follow the rise in temperature. Sometimes only pain in the gland is complained of, but no swelling is observed. The temperature rises gradually and goes up to 104 degrees, 105 degrees, or 106 degrees Fahrenheit. In some cases, a temperature of 108 degrees was observed. There may be a marked morning fall and an evening exacerbation, which is a favorable sign or the temperature may remain high persistently. All the above symptoms become soon aggravated when the second stage, or stage of acute development of the disease, appears. Brain symptoms show themselves. Lowson noticed four distinct type of brain symptoms. 1. Comatose, when the patient lies paralyzed mind and body. 2. Wildly delirious, when the patient struggles and fights and still retains a fair command of rational speech. 3. Apathetic, where he lies perfectly quiet but is drowsy. 4. Convulsive, which condition occurs when there is inflammation of the meninges or hemorrhage in the brain. 
in this stage all symptoms of a pronounced typhoid condition supervene tongue becomes parched and black swords cover the teeth gradually a somnolent condition and low muttering delirium supervene in some cases the delirium is violent and furious while in others it culminates in complete stupor and coma picking of the bedclothes and subsultus tendinum are common and the urine and feces are passed involuntarily the pupils are dilated the skin is bathed with profuse perspiration the pulse is dichrotic and compressible and gradually becomes anachrotic and intermittent till it finally fails the area of cardiac dullness is increased and pain in the cardiac region is complained of heart begins to fail rapidly the usual complications of this stage are one meningitis two hemorrhages three severe gastric disturbance such as vomiting diarrhea hiccup as a rule constipation is found during the course of an attack but diarrhea even severe may appear there may be pain in the abdomen bladder may be distended and a catheter may be necessary to evacuate it cystitics often develop edema of the lungs pleurisy and pneumonia may also complicate a case hematuria hemoptysis and hematemesis may be seen bronchitis and hypostatic inflammation may occur the urine always shows presence of albumin death may take place from cardiac failure or from any of the above complications death takes place within three or four days though in some virulent cases the patient dies within twenty-four hours if the primary collapse is tided over there is great chance of recovery still deaths often occur of complications several days after the attack in mild cases the second stage is not so severe and temperature may fall by lysis or crisis the latter being rare the glands in the meantime become swollen and are surrounded by serosanguinous exudation the surrounding parts are edematous the glands usually do not superate but they may do so and slough the usual course after their enlargement is one of four one resolution two lengthened period of enlargement three superation four sloughing in cases that recover the symptoms gradually take a favorable turn and recovery is as rapid as the attack the fever slackens the pulse becomes stronger the tongue moist and the typhoid symptoms gradually pass away the buboes either superate or subside symptoms of secondary pyemic conditions however may sometimes develop deviations from the typical course are however often observed some cases take an extremely rapid course the patient succumbing within from twelve hours to two days the duration of the disease varies between a few hours and a few weeks but on an average up to the commencement of convalescence it seems to last from six to ten days during convalescence the vitality of the issues are very low head symptoms sometimes persist for some time temper is irritable the sloughing glands often take a long time to heal convalescence is soon established varieties just as before an epidemic of cholera visits a place it is usual to observe cases of mild diarrhea and indigestion prevailing amongst its population so before plague actually breaks out it has been found that cases of buboes and parotides with fever are commonly observed such cases were called pestis minor at astrakhan no one died from the disease per se but few people were confined to bed it is not known whether in pestis minor the plague germs could be found but presumably not doctors simpson and cobb of calcutta have described what is called pestis ambulans or an ambulatory form of plague 
in which plague germs have been found. The commonly accepted types of plague are 1. Fulminant, 2. Typical, 3. Pestis minor, including ambulance. The cause of the first two is the bacillus discovered by Kitasato, and they are very fatal. Of the third, the cause may be an allied bacterium, less potent to produce toxic effects on man, and it may come and go, but plague may not break out. In ambulatory form, the patient has slight fever and glandular enlargement, but he can move about. End of section 6. Recording by Colleen McMahon.